welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Despite some technical difficulties there, we're up and running. I'm joined by Chris and Greg. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, but we're going really well there until I messed up. It's all right. We're up and running now. All that banter we had. Oh, I know. I know. Three seconds of it, I think it was. Thing is, now that now everyone else has missed out on the the altered introduction. Did you notice that I altered it the first time? Uh, it was this is the Scottish Football Forum podcast. It is. Uh, yep, I didn't say hello and welcome to. Oh, well. I, it didn't feel right, so that's why I changed it for the well, real Maybe record. that was the problem. Well, the, the whole problem was that you changed it and that just went, everything went to hell after that. So, but didn't it feel normal. right? That's the way to go. It didn't feel no. right because everyone expects me to say hello and welcome. It's just natural. Right, in this week's podcast we've got the SPL, got Scottish Cup, Scottish Cup draw as well. Then we've got a wee bit of European football. Juventus against Celtic midweek, McBookie charity bet, SPL predictions, we've got midweek games as well as games this coming Saturday, SFL as well, can I forget that, almost forgot that in my, my run down there, and also thought we'd touch upon the Nemo Smith ruling, uh, we won't go in, into it in too much detail because it was, well, the document was a bit boring um, points, but we'll, we'll touch upon it. Right, you want to start us off with the SPL, Chris? Uh, we'll go all the way back to Tuesday night up at Petodre, where uh, the SPL went up against Barcelona Real Madrid live on TV. So, uh, well, most people were probably watching Sky. Yep. I was sat with ESPN on and watching some of the, the action. And uh, to be fair, it was a decent match. Not too much in the way of decent finishing, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. Ross County claimed a penalty when Peter Pollock blocked a shot when he was practically caught with the ball between his arm and his body, but nothing was given. Ivan Sproul then went off with a petted lip in the second half, but that substitution did prove to be pivotal as his replacement Gary Glenn scored the only goal late on and moved Ross County up to third place in the SPL alongside their Highland rivals Inverness. And that was, of course, ahead of the, the Wednesday games, and we'll move on to them now, starting at Dens Park, where St Johnson were the visitors for a Tayside derby. Stephen McLean gave the visitors the lead for an initial shot from Paddy Craig, but Gary Harkins hit the post before John Baird levelled the game just before half-time. And then Dundee, of course, fell behind again when Declan Gallagher was sent off for a last-man tug. And then uh, Dave McKay scored the free kick that followed. But, uh, just as he thought everything was lost, Mark Stewart gave new inter- interim manager John Brown something to work with as he blasted in a late equaliser to share the points. And it was probably the least that Dundee deserved for the game. Moving on to Easter Road, and it was the first of a double-header between Hibs and Kilmarnock. Sammy Klingen opened the scoring for the visitors with a 25-yard effort and off the post, and that looked to be the only scoring for much of the match. But with just five minutes remaining, the game lit up. First Ryan McGivern levelled the game with a header for Hibs, but within 60 seconds, Kilmarnock were back in the lead, thanks to a wonderful curling effort from Jude Winchester into the top corner. But there was still time for Lee Griffiths to level the game for a second time, as he got onto the rebound from an own Doyle effort that went in. It was off the post, and that was another share of the points. And of course, no clear cut edge ahead of Sunday's Scottish Cup tie, which we will come to later. Uh, up in the Highlands, it was Inverness hosting Dundee United, and that was a game between the two teams have seen more goals than any other in the SPL, so of course it finished nothing each. <laughs> there was decent chances for both teams, but other than a claim for a ball crossing the Inverness line, that I didn't really. Uh, the only real thing of note was a sad thing, because Josh Meekin's bad challenge on Johnny Russell appears to have given Johnny a broken leg, which, uh, despite the fact he played on for a bit, in that game now means he's very likely to miss the remainder of the season. But they were saying it was a fractured fibula 
Which is, is that uh, what the technical term was? Well, I'm no doctor, but I'm guessing that a fracture isn't a break, because I think a break's a snap, whereas a fracture's a crack. Right. So I was, I done a quick Google, as people like me do that don't know anything about medicine, and it seems like it could, it could be in a cast for between six and twelve weeks. So he should be back for the start of the next season. And still if he's to... very lucky, and depending on how they get on in the semi-final, he might be back for the Scottish Cup final if it's only that long. It's Possibly. a push, but then Ellis is a professional yeah. footballer that's going to be getting the oxygen tent and the, the physio oh. walking around him every minute of the day. So yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> Up in Dundee, you kidding? You've got a steak pie and a half a pint of Guinness. <laughs> So part of it doesn't work across the road or a physio sitting be female. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to uh, the action at Firth Park on Wednesday night where James McFadden is making his first start since returning to Marble against uh, the champions-elect Celtic. But it was uh, Chris Humphrey that opened the scoring in the first half as he chased in a cross-come shot from Nicky Law. To be honest, I think it was a shot. Cross. <laughs> Celtic then fought back in the second half and James Forrest cross was perfect for George Samaras to get on to the end of before Darren Randolph could get their head into it but another defensive mix-up for Celtic allowed Nicky Law in behind to cross for Michael Higdon to volley home the winner Randolph did make a few late saves from the likes of Joe Ledley, Chris Commons and James Forrest but that ensured that Muller will cut the gap to 19 points and got all three points Comebacks on could well be, yeah. <laughs> and the final game of Wednesday night took place at New St Mirren Park in Paisley, where it was a warm-up for the, the League Cup final, as the uh, Hearts were visitors. And an early chance for St Mirren came when Paul McGowan got an early penalty thanks to Darren Barr bundling over Lee Mayer. He stuck that away for 1-0. And even first half saw both teams have chances to add to the scoring, but it took an absolute corker of a strike from Graham Carey in the stroke of half-time to double St Mirren's lead. Hearts then pushed on to try and get back into the game, even claiming a penalty when Lee Mayer appeared to wrestle John Sutton to the ground, but nothing was given. I suppose when you're down, these things always go against you. Uh, and that's exactly where Hearts are, because that one moved the buddies above their opponents, and we're only their second home clean sheet of the season, and possibly a slight psychological advantage ahead of that final in a fortnight. So moving on to the two games that took place on Saturday in the SPL. We'll start off at Tynecastle, where Muller were visitors, and they got off to a fantastic start. First off, there was dreadful defending, which allowed James McFadden to pretty much pinball a pass through to Michael Higdon, who made no mistake to open the scoring. Nicky Law then doubled the lead, although his first shot was saved by the keeper. The second one was bundled over the line by Darren McGowan. Uh, despite that dreadful start, managerless hearts came back into it and even pulled a second half goal back through John Sutton. They might have been a better team in the second half, but couldn't complete the comeback and so slumped to their fifth consecutive defeat. Meanwhile, Motherwell closed the gap to just 16 points in Celtic with nine games remaining. And in the other game on Saturday, El Kessico served up another entertaining encounter in Dingwall, one that was pretty tasty at times. Yep, El Kessico. I quite like that one. <laughs> it's better than the cold firm derby. Uh, it was a Ross County penalty claim for handball as Paul Lawson shot hit John Josh Meekins on the arm, which probably been harsh. It was then defensive clearances at either end, first by David Raven and then by Rocco Quinn to keep the game goalless. Then it got all get meeting with an Ian Vigers challenge on Raven, which was the last of several lunging challenges, had both the players and the managers alike arguing with each other. I believe the commentary even referred to Neil Lennon and uh, Alan McCoist, but I don't think it was anything like that, to be honest. <laughs> it was probably heated words at best. Well, the there's a bit of uh, Terry Butcher pushed him. Yeah. That was the worst it got. But uh, Derek Adams at the end, he was having none of it. He just says, I will kind of moving on. There's, there's no, no. That should be 
a beef between the two of them. It's nice to see that they're passionate. That's the important thing. Aye. Anyway, in the second half, Kovacevic, I think that's his name, <laughs> came close for a long-range effort. And then finally, Graham Shinney was probably correctly booked for uh, diving over an outstretched leg, although the BBC commentary suggested he'd been caught. I didn't see any contact. I didn't. Anyway, that means back-to-back goalless draws for Inverness. Uh, it's a decent result for the two teams, as it keeps them a point or two ahead of the rest of the league. But they are, of course, three and four points behind Motherwell, who are starting to edge away in second. Meanwhile, at the other end of the table, Hearts are now looking consigned to the bottom six, as if nine points behind Hibs in six, which is four games to come before the split. They are, of course, still 15 clear of Dundee, although with Vladimir Romanov now disappearing from control of UKIG and therefore Hearts as well, what next for the Tynecastle Club? Aye, aye, it's worrying times indeed for them, and it's worrying times for me because I quite like Romanov. I'm going to miss him. I'm feeling a wee bit sad today after that news. I, d- I didn't really put two and two together and realise that if the board were stepping down, that included him and that also included his role at Hearts. Yeah. It's a bit of a worry because if he's stepping down, then who's in control? And what does it mean for Hearts? And our debt's going to start getting called in and as the administration woman. I think it's getting yep. uh, more likely as the days go on. I hate to say it. Yep, and you, well, you mentioned that it would be, was it a third of their points last season? A third of their 52 points they got last season, which is 17, which is, uh, just heard me mm. say, is two more than they are ahead of Dundee at the moment. Yeah, aye, that's, that's worrying. Although mm, it would very. make for a good end to the season to neutrals if we're just talking on a footballing aspect. I think that would be pretty good, because right now aye. Dundee's dead and buried. Pretty much. But, but um, I, I don't want to see Hearts going, going under anyway. I don't want to see them. Suffering too uh, bad. Can you imagine how bad it would be if, if they did go into administration this week, given what's coming on Sunday? <laughs> a visit to Easter Road. That's probably the worst place they could be going right now. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, it hurts. To, I mean, off the, off the field stuff. Who knows what's going to happen? But they're still they're pulling in decent crowds. So 11,000 something there on Saturday, which given where they are in the league and the opponents, that's a pretty hefty. Yeah. If the home crowd, so I think in I think in the long term they'll be all right, but I I agree with you. I think there could well be, um, this could be a tough few months ahead for them. Yeah, I still will mind it. Moving on. Let's stop kidding. We're all crying out their beer about this. It's hearts it's been coming yeah. for years. Come on. No, no, I, I wouldn't like to see it happen. Exactly. I, so, well, I was going to say you would like to see it happen to your club, but Craig uh, <laughs> did. <laughs> no, I know what it's happening. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I've been through this as well because, I mean, today is 19 years to the day that Fergus McCann took over Celtic. So we've all been in that position where our clubs have been in dire straits. I remember Mullerwell being in administration in 2003, 2004, that kind of thing. Yep, I remember that. That's pretty recent, so we've all been there at some point. Right, to lighten the mood a bit, I was getting a bit depressed in there, but during the Dundee St Johnston game, Harkins had a shot, and I don't know if it hit the post or not, but it came to the edge of the box. Did you see, I think it was Willie Collum, dribbled the ball. It got <laughs> caught between his legs and he was running away. The commentator didn't mention it at all. Oh, Willie Collum. To be fair, I mean, that one at least came back. But it's not as if he was just in the way like he usually is. is. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to have this knack of getting in the way at some point. I'd like to do alternative commentary, like you know how Chris Moyles did it in the World Cup, and just Aye. and pick up on things like that and, and focus on it. Forget the football, just have a wee bit of a laugh, have a joke like, uh, oh, whose beard was it? Oh, wrote, James Oh, that's a terrible beard. That's what I wrote down in my notes. That's the kind of notes I take. Genuinely, my, my, I, like, see, when I was watching that game, and the, the Scottish Cup game, 
I've literally just sat there and tweeted beard when he scored. <laughs> it's, it's just it's an amazing beard. There is nothing like that in Scottish football. It's brilliant. Yeah, we, we, we just faced not just got off a war and running about with a beard like that. And That's the thing. Or roast not. If I don't shave after a while, my face gets itchy. So I never get to the point I've even considered growing one that big. Ah, uh, you need. I think you need to fight through that. Aye, uh, uh, is, is there a point where it stops being itchy? Aye, I think I, th- I think there is because they were talking about it on Sunday brunch. Tim Lovejoy and uh, is it Simon Rimmer? They're both grown beards, and they were saying that it only took them a, a week for it to stop being itchy. Really? Aye. Well, but I, I've never really had a beard. I'm just lazy. I don't really shave, but I don't really, I don't take I'm it beyond sure. maybe a week. Uh, right, back to football. Anyway, we'll, we'll discuss. Aye. We'll have a beard special one week. What I grow one. <laughs> I wanted to mention Griffiths scoring and I spotted a stat on Twitter 98 shots this season 33% more than his nearest challenger in the SPL really? that's brilliant although he does like a shot from like 25 yards out but he does get close with them mm-hmm. oh, he's, he, can, he can hit one he can pack out at times Aye, in the Hibs against Kelly game, you know when he, he scored the just before he scored the penalty when Sissoko brought him down. No, in fact, Sissoko pulled him back and then he scored, didn't he? I don't know why uh, Sissoko didn't get sent off aye. for that. It's not a goal scoring opportunity. You haven't prevented the goal scoring opportunity if the ball's in the net. <laughs> well, but then the foul happened. Ah, ah, do you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't prevented the goal because the ball's in the net. I think that's usually the argument. I think in the same. This is a Scottish Cup we're talking about. In the same yes. game, the penalty. Uh, no, not the penalty. The first, the second goal Hibs got was uh, I heard Craig Patterson commenting that Cammy Bell had been booked for something. Now it's my feeling Cammy Bell get booked for clattering Lee Griffiths because all that happened was he clattered Lee Griffiths as whoever it was that scored. I forget who. Dunn. Aye. Dunn was so, the one that done. scored after the Dunn was the one that scored when he knocked the ball into the net. There was a booking for Cammy Bell, which I'm assuming was for the challenge. Now if Dunn hadn't been there and he just taking out Lee Griffiths and I'd imagine Cammy Bell was getting sent off for that as well right aye aye, uh, aye that bit of mix up the, the word commentator was blaming Sissoko but it was Bell that gave the ball to him Sissoko yeah. didn't have time panicked done a rubbish back pass and then Bell instead of volleying it decides to kind of control it that was yeah, yeah keeper's fault oh, the definition of a, a, a calamity of errors <laughs> yes yes but aye uh, that's well Griffiths got a hat trick in that one didn't he it's his first ever hat trick, apparently. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I was talking to somebody, uh, a Newcastle fan. He was talking about Niall Ranger, how he was released from Newcastle for being, well, just generally a bit of a naughty boy. And I've seen how folk can change. But look at Griffiths. Look at what's happened to him this season. He's turned the corner. Apart from his shoplifting. Aye. Aye, that's just, that's just yeah. a minor blip. Apart from his <laughs> tweeting. But it's racist tweeting. Again, that's racist tweeting in the, in the shoplifting. He's been an angel. But somebody was saying before the game they did a stat, and I don't know whether this is true, but it said that discounting Griffiths' goals for Hibs this year, they would be on about two points more than Dundee. Now, obviously, it's not reflective because somebody else might have scored, but I don't know whether that's accurate or not. That seems it seems a bit far-fetched, but I'm sure somebody somewhere's nah, done that sounds about right because I seen somebody was doing some similar down in England. They were saying, "Oh, if Man United didn't have Van Persie, then they'd have lost this many points, and if uh, Chelsea didn't have Fernando Torres, they'd be in exactly the same position they're in now." <laughs> ah, it doesn't <laughs> work like that, but it's so, nice, no, to, nice to speculate. Uh, so in the other Scottish Cup, the Celtic 
Celtic. Aye, we were pretty, um, well, we were reasonably decent. Then, I mean, when was Aguirre decided to play head tennis with uh, Gonçalves, I think. I don't know what he was doing with that, because the first one was straight up the other, second one was across the face of goal. Now, is Aguirre <laughs> had a bit of a nightmare against Motherwell from what I've seen as well. Ah, he did. He was sleeping when uh, Humphrey scored, and then he kind of got. Well, to be fair, you could blame him for sleeping for Higdon, but to be honest, the problem came because Ambrose and Matthews uh, decided to go for the same ball. Yeah. Neither of them got it, and Nicky Law got in behind again. But at that point, I think as again, he was left with two men and tried to go between yeah, them was, and get was. caught. But uh, no, I, th- I mean, going back to that Mullerwell game, I think Mullerwell they, they hassled as well. They, they they took their chances when they came. They deserve all three points, there's no doubt about that. It was back to the, the sort of performance we used to put in against Rangers and Celtic years ago when we gave Aye. them a hard time up there. And it's the first time I've seen us do it in God knows how many years. And uh, it, we got a wee bit of luck of the uh, rubber the green as well because Randolph had a couple of stops second half, which <clears throat> you would expect him to make. But on another night, one of those slips in and um, we might have caved in. But to be honest, when we went back to one each, I, I, I feared the worst. So I was, uh, I was really surprised we went and got another another goal uh, to win it, but it's a massive three points because nobody was expecting it. What was he doing flapping at Samaras's goal? You I never go behind was... a player like that. And... I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, you know what? Me. I'm going to give him a pass on that one because I think the movement for George Samaras was brilliant. I don't think... You could criticise the keeper for it, but I think he's not expecting Samaras to make the run he makes. And so Samaras cuts in front before it gets anywhere near the ball and flicks it past him. So I think it's I think it's a good striker's goal as opposed to a goalkeeping error. Yeah, I mean he was left in no man's land at that. He was nowhere near it. Aye, I don't. I don't. He didn't really stand a chance. I mean the, the ball for Forrest is yeah. and it's perfect. So I thought I thought Forrest played well. I thought he looked the most likely to cause problems. To be honest, he's been our highlight in the last couple of games because I, I don't think there was too many Celtic players come out of Wednesday night with their, their head held high, but Forrest was one of them. And I think you could probably say similar for the game at uh, St Martin Park and. Saturday as well I think Forrest was he created both goals he, he caused all sorts of problems for St Mirren all day I think and he was able to, I suppose the difference was in the, on, on Saturday he was able to cancel out the number of mistakes we made at the back and then on Wednesday night he couldn't mm. got the Scotland game coming up shortly might be a shout aye well, he's got the Juventus game coming up as well and I think because when he played in the first leg of the Juventus game he was just back in the team and was a bit of a, a gamble. But I think yeah. right now he's got to be in a, a definite shout at starting over there. Aye, most, at least you've got Samaras. I think that's a massive that's a massive boost for you because he's your out ball. He's, Aye, he's a I mean, in, in, Europe, in Europe, he's absolutely fantastic. He's scored in every away game for us in Europe this season. So, I mean, even if he doesn't score in, in Turin on Wednesday night, that's yeah. still a fantastic uh, number of goals he's getting over there. Just here, there and everywhere, so... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's back, but I think I think the job's going to be a bit too big for us, to be honest. Well, I, I'm just jealous that I'm not in the competition and I've not got the chance to to go there. And even if they they draw, it doesn't. In fact, it doesn't matter. Even if they get beat, Celtic should be proud of what they've achieved this season in Europe because folk were dismissing them at the start of the season. I, I was probably guilty of that as well, dismissing them, saying they wouldn't even make the group stages. And then once oh, they're in there, that's... they're not going to get through the group stages. And aye, so well done to them overall. Yeah, well, I mean, if you told me back in July that we'd still be in the Champions League in March, I would never have believed you. Because, I mean, back at, back then, I was thinking, if we get to the group stages, I'll be delighted. Yeah. And then we made it to the group stages. The draw came out, I thought, well, second is 
achievable if we're really good. I think we're aiming for third at best. Yeah. And yet we got second and then we got into the Juventus game. It was actually disappointing to be beaten in the way we were because that was probably the, the first time in Europe this season that, that since the qualifiers I'd seen us actually dominate a game. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, the scoreline definitely that was the thing that came down to the event of taking their chances and it's probably put the tie on this but you never know daffle things of go and enjoy it that's that's the main thing As, I mean yeah I mean at this point if we can get a win it's a little bonus for our coefficient again which is, can take every bit of help it can get to be honest because yeah. next season the, the Scottish champions are going to be playing three quarterfinal rounds to get to the Champions League you start in mid-July yeah yep and it's, it's going to be tougher it's going to be tougher yeah. for the other sides as well, just because it's so, well, the SPL is so unpredictable. There was a, a chance a couple of weeks ago we might have been looking at Inverness finishing second and, and seeing them in Europe, and that's just, they just don't have the experience. No disrespect oh, to them as a side, but they don't have the experience to go into Europe. It's a, a totally different ball game, and I just don't know what to expect if they did get into Europe. I think you'll find it's the same ball game. It's generally fit I think I get your the, point. The big problem, though, is over the last few years, it doesn't matter who we send into Europe. They're oh, just yes. not picking up any win at all. I mean, there was more this year. We, we, we played, we played, and there was ties and uh, resulted in four defeats and no goals. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, so I, I, I said that in the one the podcast. I'd, I'd rather we just didn't qualify, frankly, because. It's torture. You notice I refrain from bringing Rangers into it because I couldn't say, hi, Rangers aren't going to be in, so we're going to be stuffed because I, they're rubbish as well in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the last few years that Rangers were in Europe, they were just getting nowhere. To be fair, it was the same with Celtic. We weren't exactly doing too great in Europe either. It's just this season, and to a certain extent last season, once you ignore the, the ridiculous Sion eh, debacle, then we did okay in the Europa League group stages. But other than that, you're going back to... The days of like Nakamura and stuff like that, which is five, six years ago now. Yeah. Before Celtic were anything, anything in Europe again. So I saw the taking a wee bit away from the Celtic game, but Man United Real Madrid should be good on a Tuesday night. That's live yeah. on ITV One. That should be decent. Uh, and then I'll probably watch that one, and then obviously the Celtic game on a Wednesday. Aye, well, it's them or PSG, but so definitely yeah, Juventus Celtic. Celtic. That's uh, the main one. Right, I would think so. Can we go back and talk about the Scottish Cup? Because we can't gloss over the, the, the Hamilton Ackes Falkirk game because that had nope. by far and away the best goal of the, ter- the, the round. The, the, the second goal by Blair Alston. Ah, it's a screamer, wasn't it? Absolutely. Oof. I mean, you hit those once or twice in your lifetime, I think. Not for me. Went on the camera. <laughs> ah, well, aye, aye well. <laughs> no for me either. I'm not going to get on the pitch. I've <laughs> Saying that, Aki's had a great chance to equalise just a few minutes to go. I'm not sure who it was, but somebody managed to blow it over a bar from. Was it not the same boy that scored the first goal, Andy Ryan? Might well have been. Uh, that's a, well, a disappointing one for Hamilton because that was a chance for them to Aye. maybe be in the semi finals for the first time since like the 30s, I think they said. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Falkirk's draw is probably the best they could have hoped for. It's uh, not bad. Playing Hibs is nothing's easy, really. I don't think that's cut and dry either. I think Falkirk will give them a right good game. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised. because I think the, the good thing, out of the, the, the four teams we've got left, they all like to play football, so we should hopefully have two entertaining mm. semi-finals. Yeah, it's lucky they like to play football, Chris. Well, you know what I mean. It's not, they're not the sort of hoofing chase kind of team. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. 
it's, it's, it's four teams that like to get the ball down and pass it about and create chances that way. So yep. that should be, it should be entertaining for the, the, the neutrals watching. Them. So what's the script with the TV deal? Are both going to be shown on the telebox? Uh, I'd imagine one will be BBC, one will be Sky. Yeah. That's Aye. usual what happens at this stage. That suits me because I can't see me going to either tie. <laughs> well, I don't mind going as a neutral to a game, but I don't know. I wonder, I wonder where they'll have the uh, Hibs Falkirk game. I wonder if they'll have it at Hamden. I would think it'll be at Hamden. I know the SFA tend to prefer playing their games at Hamden. Yeah, um, I mean, get some money Falkirk in the bank. And, the thing is, Falkirk and Hibs have got decent travelling supports. And certainly the Hibs support that was at Kilmarnock and ah, uh, Sunday was fantastic. You rarely see those stands behind the goals full. Now, I know one of them was full of flags, but you could make that same argument with Celtic visited Rugby Park this season. There was one behind the goal was just full of flags and the other one was full. But I think Habs took pretty much full that stand as well. Yeah. Falkirk had a couple of thousand at Hamilton, I think, Aye. Saturday as well. Aye, I think there was probably more Falkirk fans than Hamilton yeah. fans. Yep. I like the semi-finals. It's a good time of year as well. The sunshine starts to come out. It's good. I tell you what. Stand, I was at uh, St Martin Park on Saturday there myself and it was actually kind of warm. Oh, that might have been because I'd still had my too many layers on, but <laughs> the sun was shining, there was heat coming off the sun for the first time in a while. So. Yeah, I was, I was, was, was at Tynecastle as well in the afternoon, I was, I was pretty warm, but I think I might be half, something to do with half bottle of Buckfast I thought before I went in. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, did, uh, I didn't have any alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I was at uh, Ibrox and it was pretty sunny there as well. They were handing out sun cream and they had a uh, topless woman with the, you know, the the kind of palm leaves fanning everything. Oh, aye, like fanning us, keeping us cool, peeling grapes, that kind of thing. It was tropical. Oh, it's not a usual kind of touch you see at Ibrox. Sorry. <sighs> That's sectarian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to take the sectarian box in iTunes. <laughs> Right, we'll move on. Well, I'll just briefly mention the, the SFL. I uh, wanted to mention Dun- <laughs> well, Dunfermline's woes continue, really, because they're, they're talking about 20% of their wages paid, and then they're talking, was it 40%? And oh, I don't know. And then they get beaten by Partick at home. It's oh. just it's pretty worrying for them. Uh, this, the frightening thing I heard mentioned was there was one lad got £52 for his monthly pay. Yep. Yep. Because he only got twenty percent or whatever it was. Fifty two pounds. Yeah. That's that's the low minimum wage. Yeah. That's shocking. They were talking about uh, boycotting or well striking it would be called, eh? but they didn't. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad they didn't because that would only make things worse. To be honest, I mean, Dunfermline need the money any way they can get it, and let's face it, striking is going to stop the game going ahead. All the police costs are being already. The fans will be making their way there and wanting to spend money and pies and all sorts of stuff. And if you just scrub the game, then how does that help? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I said I wanted to kind of brush over it because we've got quite a lot to discuss. Uh, there was also down the bottom of the table, there was Dumbarton Drew to a piece with Cowden Beath and Airdrie United lost 4 1 against Livy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Airdrie United is looking favourite for the drop if Six there behind. is going to be a drop. Yeah, right, six well, behind Dumbarton. Dumbarton have two games in hand. So, yeah. But I, I don't know if there's going to be a drop. There's still talk of a, a discussion, another discussion on reconstruction <laughs> at the end of March. End of March now? Oh, that's good. We're running out of time here. That's just got to be too late. Isn't it? That's, that's a nonsense. Yep. Maybe they're, maybe they're just going to hang the hammer and going to make everybody play everything and then decide to change it in June. Aye. 
ridiculous. You're right. It's, it's worth noting that that win for Livingston against Airdrie also moved Livingston up to third, ahead of Dunfermline. So they're a bit too far behind the likes of Martin and that sort of be catching them for the, the, the title race. But no, I say title race, first division. Promotion race. I, I see. I see why you changed that, Chris. Uh, <laughs> After our discussion on Twitter. Yes. Yes. You thought I was going to have to hold the jackets tonight. <laughs> oh, a guy stepped in and he wasn't too happy with his hashtag. I noticed. Aye, but the thing is, he didn't read the full conversation. Anyway, if you want to read our conversation, you can go. It's about titles, and I agreed no. with Chris, but I don't think he realised that I agreed with him. Anyway, well, I, I knew you'd agree to me. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye, the guy didn't get back to me. Anyway, no, right, the second division, surprise, surprise, Queen of South won. Right. No surprises there. And that's it, really. That's, that's all I wanted to mention. Aloha. Aloha, Coffee, Albion Rovers. They're looking a bit behind now because they're like 12 behind with 11 to play. Rubbish. The Stenhouse Muir, six right. goal thriller against Brecon. Aye, aye. I'm going to brush over it because I'm going to get to Division 3 because I'm going to talk about the Rangers game. Cause I mentioned Aye, that's the, that's the mo- that is the most uninteresting bit of the SFL 3 now. Have you looked at the rest of the division? There's three points between the entire bottom half. Clyde are bottom and only seven behind a playoff place. <laughs> I was going to say that's it doesn't really matter. Exciting. doesn't Fluffed matter it. down the bottom, but I, Aye. it matters well, it playoff. Unless, well, Aye. Aye. Unless, unless they're all going up. <laughs> Aye. Aye, so Rangers got three points to get a step closer to that title. But I, I like to mention the Sun. And it was because it was roasting at Ibrox, and I, well, it was kind of shorts and t-shirt weather. That's that's no joke because it, the the sun was just a bit too hot, a bit in my eyes. But I, Rangers were really good. Easterland, the right back, Nathan Shepherd. I don't like to be too harsh on people, but that guy, he's not a footballer. Never in the days <laughs> of footballer. He made a mistake. I think it was for the third goal. Right, and after that, he, he didn't know where he was meant to be playing. He was right back, but he just seemed to keep wandering. He had no positional sense at all, and then he was subbed very quickly after that. But I, I feel sorry for him, but I was rubbish. The crowd, it was pretty quiet. The club deck, it, I heard that it was it wasn't going to get open, but it was open and less than half full. The club deck, a lot less than half full, and yet the attendance is forty four thousand. Mm. I suppose they they include season tickets, but I it was just it's a bit, bit near. Aye. Uh, if you want to know the real number, ask the police. They'll know. Yeah. Oh, I, I. For health and safety. It was nowhere near forty-four thousand. There were loads of empty seats. I right. guess the novelty is maybe wearing off. And it was, it was a lunchtime kickoff as well on a Saturday, which is a wee bit different. Uh, it's almost it's pretty much the same time as our game at the, uh, in St Paisley, which isn't exactly too far from Ibrox. <laughs> yeah, I managed to get to listen to a wee bit of that in the car on the, on the way home, and I spotted a, a brilliant sight in the Clydeside Expressway. On the side, there was a, a woman out walking her dog. Well, I say walking the dog, but she was in the wee electric scooter with a fag hanging out her mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. Right, do you want your dates for your diary here? Because I did a wee bit of calculating earlier. All right. 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 Assuming the top teams in each division keep winning, Queen of the South are scheduled to win the league on March 23rd. Rangers are scheduled to win the third division on March 30th. And Celtic are scheduled to win the SPL on April 6th. And of course, the first division is going to go to the last day. Hopefully. That's what happens if everybody keeps winning. Yep. Which may or may not happen, you never know. Aye, aye, it's a, it's a well, shame that, that the dates. three leagues are there. over so quickly. Pencil done. All finished just at the, the kind of turn of April. Well, Alright, yeah. we want to move on to the McBookie charity bet. 
Uh, do we need Because I know who uh, stuffed it up for the second week in a row. Well, I really want to make you, you feel bad. <sighs> All right. Because I, you, you let us down. You Again. let yourself down, you let charity down. But just to make you feel a wee bit better, I forgot to tell McBookie about the bet. So, <laughs> so I only realised <laughs> uh, it was after 3 o'clock on Saturday and I was panicking I was thinking oh Rangers have won but they're only 1-9 to nine. what I need to do is I need to quickly get an in-play bet on Peterhead no nope, couldn't find in-play down there no, nobody cares about Division 3 so no I couldn't get on and then well realised that the bet had lost so it was a wee bit of relief for me because I would have had to have stumped up the money myself ah well so I've, I've got you after remember Peter Heddle beat Clyde and then Clyde beat him 2-0 oh dear right I had, a, I had a look at the, the, the possible bets this week and the first thing I picked it was Queen's Park away to uh, Clyde so I'm going to give that one a miss <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to play it safe and go Queen of the South on the air so see if they don't win I'm just a jinx and a bat ah, yeah, that's what I was going to go for Thing is, so you know they're going to they're going to lose or draw sooner or later, aren't you? <laughs> you know what weekend, it, week, you know what weekend it's going to be. <laughs> right, okay, so we've got that. I'm going to go for Inverness away to Dundee because Inverness are nineteen to twenty, and I quite like that. Queen of South are two seven by the way. Oh, why me? You don't want to know what I'm going for the in the the predictions about <laughs> <own> then. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Greg, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with Hibs. Hibs all my hearts, 13-8. Oof. That's oh, bold. <laughs> Edinburgh Derby, and you're taking a risk with the charity yeah, bit. High bees. Right. That's certainly great, to be honest. Right, okay. Hibs have got enough firepower to dispatch them. This is a bit where I pretend to work out the, the returns based on the odds. So it's 27 and a 19 and a 13 and a 10 and a £65.81. Returned cool. from a £10 free bet from McBookie. So that should be all right. I'll tell you what, see if Hibs and Inverness win and Queen of South don't. Oh, I'm not. Well, I forgot to say in the predictor, Johnny Robb finished highest placed regular poster and he said that he would donate his £10 to the charity bet. Now, do we donate it to the pot so we're putting <laughs> another tenner on this bet or do we just plonk the £10 straight in the pot? I'd stick it straight in the pot. Straight in the pot. Straight in the pot. It's £10 in the bank. Right. right, okay. Well, thanks to Johnny Rob for that. I appreciate right. that. Yeah. Good man. man. He done that with, he won £20 the month before and he donated it, but we ended up losing <laughs> the charity bet. So I put... See, that, that, that backs us up then. That backs us up with the decision to just stick it straight in the pot this time. Aye, <laughs> aye. That's good, Dan. I appreciate it. And I wanted to give a mention to K... What's the guy's name? KJP Hoops. He won £20 in the predictor for finishing top, but he took the money and squandered it in cheap booze or I don't know what else. I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> I don't know the guy, but <laughs> aye. But he won £20. So if you want to get a chance of winning £20 in a free predictor, it's forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk slash predictor. And all you need to do is guess the, the scores in the SPL and, well, aye, just guess it. You don't even need to know what you're doing. Just roll a dice. That's it. I don't know what I'm doing. I suppose I'm rubbish at it. But... Right, will we move on to the SPL predictions? Aye, let's go for it. Because we've got quite a few SPL games. We've got, it starts off on Tuesday, up against Aye. the Champions League, up against Real Madrid and Man United. Got Dundee against St Mirren. Now, this could be a Is pretty that... tasty 
Right. Have you looked at the BBC website for this? Because according to the BBC website, Dundee oh, right. vs St Martin is Tuesday uh, and Wednesday. Aye, that's the Wednesday game. You're right. Sorry, aye. my mistake. Parts on Tuesday. Right. You're right, aye. Dundee St Martin's on the Wednesday. Right. So it's Hearts versus St Johnson on the Tuesday night. Has to be an away one. Oh, I reckon Hearts need a break for somewhere. And they're going to know Hibs are on the horizon and they know what to go into that with six games and a bounce where they've lost. So I'm going to say one each. You're going for one each in that one. I'm going to go yep. for 2-1 to St. Johnson. I am going to go 2-0 to go to St. Johnson. 2-0 to St. Johnson. Aye. Right, on Wednesday, you're right, aye. The BBC messed me up when I was writing this down, but I didn't mess it up when I put it in a predictor. Right, so I've got Dundee against St. Mirren. I don't know. I think St. Mirren, they're not really scoring apart from against Hearts. I'm going to go for a 0-0. It's looking like a 0-0 because, well, Dundee are not scoring apart from against St. Johnson. Well, I know, no. You know, I think Dundee are starting to... I don't know what John Brown's doing, but there was a bit of fight in them against Dundee United, which I hadn't really seen from previously. And uh, just looking at the, the way they, they, they fought back for 2-1 down with 10 men against St. Johnson, I think it might be too late for Dundee, but if they're going to get out of it, this is the kind of game they're going to need to win. At home, exactly. uh, one yep. of the, the teammates near the bottom of the league. So, aye, let's back and let's go 2-1 Dundee. Aye, 1-0 Dundee for me. Aye. It'd be nice to see them start to challenge and put up a bit of a fight. Right, we'll move on to the weekend. And the first game I've got here is Aberdeen against Motherwell. I think I'm going to go 2-0 Motherwell. As am I. Motherwell hitting form, Aberdeen going the opposite way. Can't see anything other than Paul Brown getting cuffed. Uh, I'd love a, I'd love another away win here, but we've struggled against them this, this season. Um, I'll take his take my little edge at two one, tight though. Tight. And we've got Dundee against Inverness, and we've chosen it in the charity bet. So Chris, bear that in mind when you're making your prediction. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Inverness, I think they showed earlier in the season that they've got the quality to come away with a victory here, and I know that they've went in a terrible run. Terrible run. Was it something like one win and eight or something? Something like that. They haven't scored in the last two games. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I think it is about one win and eight. Off oh, die. But they've got the quality there, as I says. I'm going to go one nil Inverness. That's, well, it's another home game for Dundee. Uh, yep. Another one they probably really want to be winning. I want to say Inverness going through that dry spell. I'm going to say 2 1 to Dundee again. Hmm. Uh, take three one in Venice. Next game up is Ross County against Celtic. Now, right, is it time? Am I allowed to use the cliche about European hangover? Yeah, because I was going to use it as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's difficult to get yourself up for a game like this after a game like Juventus. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we're going to be probably out of Europe after Juventus, every likelihood. Yep. So. We're also about another month away from playing the Scottish Cup. Motherwell are closing the gap, but unlikely to catch us for the league. Yep. There's kind of hard to get up for this game at the best of times, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few changes in the Celtic team. Well, the same way we played up in Inverness. Um, having said that, the last time we were up there, County were unlucky not to beat us. It was a last-minute goal for Chris Commons. It got a one-each draw. So... Um, I'd imagine if Celtic turn up in this game, they'll win, but they might not turn up. 
because we look as if we're running on empty to a certain extent. Very hard, it's very hard to predict. There's so many variables in this one. So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> right, well, I go for a scoreline. I go for it. Right, I'm going to go 2 1 Celtic. Because I think Celtic's got such a strong second 11, if you want to call it that. It's, Aye. And I think that they're all itching to get a, a chance. And yeah, I think the first 11 it's going to be natural that they're going to be a wee bit of a dip after the Juventus game. But you've got folk like uh, McGeeck, Paddy McCourt. There's two players that, uh, that you'd love, well, I'd love to have in, in my team uh, yeah. for their impact anyway. I'd like to see McGeeck play this game. Uh. Um, I quite like to look at um, that McGeeck as well, but he hasn't been able to play because he got injured in the Inverness game. So... Uh, and oh, it's, there's, there's players who could come in and make a difference, but then there's players who have been trying to come in who haven't really played that well. I'm thinking the likes of Thomas Rogner and, uh, to a certain extent, Birum Kyle, although he did come on and play pretty well against the <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to say 2-1 Ross County in this game, to be honest. Ross County are hitting a pretty good vein of form at the moment. They're unbeaten in, what, 9 or 10 games or something? Mouthwater and odds at 71 with McBookie as well. Is Terrible that... pitch at Ross County. Ooh. Oh, that's got, to be, that's got to be worth a pound or two. Aye, I'm going 2-1 Ross County. 2-1 Ross County, right? What are you thinking, Greg? You're going to go uh, for it. Nah, one each. I can't see, I, I can't see Ross County winning it, but I think it'll make it difficult. Might be a repeat of the earlier season scoreline, one each. But I, I think that pitch will come in as well, because it's horrendous up there, but Ross County seem to be able to deal with it better than other sides are, so yeah, yeah. one each. Right, next game up, St. Johnson against Kilmarnock, and it's too difficult to call, so I'm going to just sit in the fence and go one apiece. See, I thought about sitting in the fence, and um, I'm going to back the beard, go 2-1 Kilmarnock. <laughs> uh, I'll go with St. Johnston, 2-1. Then we've got St. Mirren against Dundee United, has to be an away victory here. I'm going to go for 2-0 to Dundee United, despite Johnny Russell being out. And possibly John Daly being unsettled mm. with the talk of Rangers, but he'll want to go out and show the fans where his heart lies. So, yep, 2 0 Dundee United. I'm going to go 2 1 Dundee United because I think although they'll miss Russell, Mackay Stevens really quick in St. Mullen's defence isn't. Score draw one each. Just a thought see if John Daly goes to Rangers and Rangers win something. You know how all the, uh, all the players tend to go and get flags for their countries and start parading them? Is he going to do that Ibrox? <laughs> you know, i seen somebody, I mentioned on Twitter, the, the Irish connection, and uh, sometimes I despair. It was a Celtic fan, and oh, I despair. I, it's, I know. Uh, oh. So, somebody posted it in a forum as well, and I just went on about, oh, come on, it's 2013. Aye. Surely we can get past this, but I'm busy. I'm running through my head when I hear about him signing. I'm thinking him, him and Jig up front, a long ball up. We're going to win every single long ball, every throw in. We're going to win. I'm thinking about all this. Not once did his nationality come into my mind. I just can't see, understand. To be honest, it could be him and McCulloch at the back. Mm. It could be. <laughs> or maybe signing them to play at the back. Who says he's going to be playing um, up front? Hi, that's that's a possibility. Defensively, that, Rangers that aren't very good. Chronic. Aye. They, Are they aye. still to take the lead again? <laughs> they were <laughs> leading at half time, and there was there was booze at half time. It was quite bad actually. Oh dear! And then at the end, there was cheers. <laughs> Hashtag this is fun. Oh aye, Argiru is just hopeless. Uh, Xabari's okay, 
but he just lapses of concentration and aye, it's just something needs to be done about the back for Rangers and unfortunately nothing can be done until September mm-hmm. Right, on Sunday we've got the Edinburgh Derby and Greg, you went for Hibs in the charity mm-hmm. bet mm-hmm. I really, they rely so much on Griffiths, it depends it depends if he turns up and Hearts I think are in free fall so I'm going to go, I'm going to go for the, the home win with the charity bet very much in mind I'm going to go 2-1 because I still think in Goo, I think he's every time I've not seen many full matches with him, but see the highlights, he's the amount of shots he's getting. Not always on target, but he looks a, a real good player. Ah, he's a handful. He did alright so, on Saturday, a couple of a couple of half chances Saturday, and he's, he he makes it difficult for a defence. Aye, so I think he I think he'll score for Hearts, but yeah, two one Hibs. Right, as far as I can see, Hibs are on form. Hearts aren't. Hibs are at home, so knowing uh, their luck, they'll probably bottle it entirely, and that's about one each draw. I think this is I think this is signaling the start of it's going to be a chronic few months for Hearts. Um, I think it's going to start with a hefty defeat Easter Road three nothing Hibs. Oh, that'd be painful. See if that happens. Laurie will not be back on the, the podcast. No, no. Ah, he's he's been missing. He's been working too hard. He's got a new job, but he's not told me what it is. I I, I think he's offshore or something. He's not getting on it. <laughs> I could although, although the only thing I've seen for him in the last few days was a random picture from Red Dwarf. Yes, which made no sense. There was no comment. Just Red Dwarf. Maybe he's been kidnapped. Yeah, it's maybe a code word. <laughs> maybe like a like a safe word, like a safe picture. <laughs> Come and get me. He's tied up in a, a lockup somewhere in Aberdeen. Maybe that's what it is. Aye, he's in stasis. He's going to be there for the next three million years. Right. Before we go, I wanted to mention a, a few things. I wanted to mention that, uh, Jason Brown on Twitter, the ex-Aberdeen keeper. He's been auctioning off some signed goalie tops to help underprivileged kids in the Aberdeen area, I think it is. One of the things he's looking to do is he donated to a school breakfast club, which is a pretty good cause because I was seen on the BBC. They'd done a, a study on what school kids are taking to school. And I've seen that some of them are taking things like cold chips and <laughs> like, it's just bizarre. That's aye, like I know I shouldn't laugh, but right, cold well, chips. aye, it's uh, it's just uh, aye. I just uh, I just always think that the kids get fed decent, but then they're saying that they're going to school and often the the school dinner is maybe the only hot meal they're going to get in the day. Mm-hmm. So aye, I think that's a good cause by him. So if you follow him, I think it's great. Hover thirty two. I think on Twitter, but if you follow him, that's a good cause. I like to give a wee plug again to the Android app for Scottish Football Forums. If you search on Google Play for Scottish Football Forums, it's free and well, it's good. And if you download it, you could leave a review for me. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Greg. It's, uh, it's already there, my man. Aye. It's sitting there, five star review. I couldn't, I couldn't have enough good things to say about it. I ran out of space in the comments box. Good stuff. Good stuff. And for next week, we might be having a special guest on, but I don't want to say too much at this stage. But I might have a special guest. Ryan Kicks. It's just going to be Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> Laurie's not been on that long. He will be a special guest when he returns. We'll forget what he sounds like. Right, bye. That's to come next week, hopefully. And if you're not a member of Scottish Football Forums, get it sorted. You can log in with your Facebook or your Twitter, so it's easy peasy. And that's us. Good to the end. So thanks for coming on, guys. 
Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed we got all the way through that podcast and not once did we have to mention that awful decision on Thursday. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I <laughs> got off your agenda. No, right. no, but I mentioned it at the start. I you did. We you mentioned it at the start, it. and we haven't mentioned it since, which suits me fine because no. I'm just getting angry. No, I think it's good. I think it's an independent commission. It's chaired by a lord. I think. I think they've they've given the right verdict. Two hundred fifty grand fine. A lot of people are saying that the fine is is meaningless because it's going to a company that's in liquidation, but. Surely, if £250,000 is the correct punishment, it's the correct punishment. It shouldn't yep. come into it at all whether the club can afford to pay for it, whether the company, Freud and Slip totally there, good. can afford to pay for it. It's, if it's the right punishment, it's the right punishment. Should they give a harsher punishment because the company's in liquidation? Should they give a, a more lenient punishment? No, they should give well, the he, punishment. He's effectively set a precedent. Well, How do you mean? Just- well, because yeah, this is this is what what rules you broke. Here's the punishment for it. So if it ever happens again, the same punishment can be applied to it. it doesn't matter if it's going to the Rangers Oakle. The problem I've got with it is it's a football punishment. Surely it's a football fine and therefore a football debt. And why aren't the new co-payment it? Because they agreed to pay off football debt. It depends what the negotiations were, because it's clear when Rangers went into Division 3, there was a lot of negotiations in place. There was talk of stripping the titles there and then. And that, I think they would have been told to sign yeah. something. Do you sign something that says, I accept uh, all historical future, uh, football debt and all future football debt? And that's a, a bit of a scary prospect, mm-hmm. signing that, considering you don't know what kind of fines could be coming your way in the future. So I think there would have been negotiations and from Charles Green saying, OK, we'll accept all uh, historical football debt, but we're not going to sign up for anything you might throw our way in the future. Because how long would that last for? 10, 20 years, 100 years? Yeah. I know it's... I know I'm, I'd imagine it would, it would only last until such times as BDO finished winding up the, the company. But, uh, yeah, who knows? And the way I see it, they, they talk about how Rangers didn't get a, an unfair competitive advantage because I think... Well, that jumps out as being a bit of a question mark. I have a really logical reason for this, right? You need right. to stick with me first. For it. Yep. What I, I, what I think he said when he said... Rangers didn't get a competitive advantage is basically because he's already sat down and worked out that because the SPL rules weren't quite succinct enough and therefore the, the non-disclosure didn't automatically make the players ineligible, yes, which it. seems to be the key point. Yep. Because If you then accept that's the case, what you're left with is the players are going to be there whether they're eligible, so the players will definitely be there, yes. whether the, pa- the paperwork was done correctly or not. Yes. So whether the paperwork's correctly done or not, there's no difference to what team goes out in the park. There's therefore no competitive advantage. Yes. I think that's what he's angled at when he said that. It's yeah. not that there wasn't a competitive advantage of paying by EBTs, because clearly there was a competitive advantage because they were paying players with money they didn't have. But then you could make exactly the same argument for anybody that's went into administration in the last few years because they were using money they didn't have either. And it comes down to yeah. you know, so that's a separate issue. Yep. Whether it's competitive or not, whether the the non disclosure part was compet- was a competitive advantage or not, I would tend to agree with Lord Nimmo. Sorry, Lord Nimmo Smith. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 act of the paperwork is not a competitive advantage. The payment part of it is, and the payment part of it wasn't part of whether this was right legal or not. Yep. And because they haven't been made ineligible, it therefore isn't a competitive advantage either. It own it, it becomes a competitive advantage if the non-disclosure automatically meant them they were uh, ineligible. Mm-hmm. 
but it hasn't. So I think no, 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 no. Would be the best way to put it. <laughs> I, I like. It's, it's interesting up. that it's, it's interesting that this is different in the SPL than it is in the Scottish Cup. Because obviously in the Scottish Cup, the rules are more explicit and it's just a case of if you don't fill your paperwork properly, those players are ineligible. That's why Spartans get kicked out, it's why Breaking City get kicked out, it's why Dunfermline get kicked out and then get made to replay it again. Yes, yes. So, I mean, you could go back and say, right, so those players definitely weren't filled properly. They played in the Scottish Cup. So, congratulations, Queen of the South, Falkirk, Dundee United and anybody else that got beat by Rangers in the Scottish Cup final in the last 11 years. Because that there should now be a case to go back and you know, go over them. I know the SFL have said for the League Cups they're not going to go back over it. I think but is there a rule in the Scottish Cup that you have to uh, disclose these EBT payments? That's a question I'm, have I'm to not, not That's a, a good that, question. That's a very good question. I don't know for certain. Yeah. The I'm, other thing I would say out of this is Campbell Ogilvie now has to go. Because either, uh, what, what, what Lord Nilo Smith said, it was a deliberate act not to disclose this. Mm-hmm. So the administrators and the directors of Rangers at the time, which included Campbell Ogilvie, made a deliberate attempt to uh, breach that rule. Well, he so, says he knew nothing of it. It wasn't discussed. Well, if, it, in that case, if Ogilvie knew nothing about that, what we're saying is he didn't have a clue what was going on. Do we really want a guy that doesn't have a clue what's going on in terms of Scottish football? I know I don't. That's taken Ogilvy to the at face value. What I, what uh, the Nimmo Smith thing actually says was Mr Ogilvy dealt with all aspects of football administration at Rangers until late 2012 or the early 2003. And assumed that these payments were made in respect to the players playing football. And the report added, it should be noted that Mr Ogilvy was a member of the board of directors who approved the statutory accounts of Old Co, which disclosed very substantial payments made under EBT arrangements. The directors of Old Co must bear a heavy responsibility for this. While there is no question of dishonesty, individual or corporate, we nevertheless take the view that the non-disclosure must be regarded as deliberate in the sense that a decision was taken that the side letters need not be or should not be disclosed. So it, it seems to me that like Ogilvy knew what was going on from that report. Yep. If yep. that's the case, he his his position is completely untenable now. Yep. Because he knew about those rule breaches. In fact, he's been working at the SFA so long. Why didn't he report it? Well, I I don't know if he, he did know about the rule breaches because it specifically says that it wasn't dishonest. He said it was deliberate. Yeah. It could be deliberate in good faith that they, they didn't interesting concept to say the least he, he knew that he, he knew that it happened and you knew they taking the, the the conscious decision to do it now i, I think they did it so that they could not get caught up with the ebt's being illegal and I, i'm fairly sure that's why they've done it because the 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 first tier tax case also said that was the case was the fact that those side letters were done that way so that they weren't contractual and that's why the ebt's illegal apart from i think it was five of them or something like that which rangers already accepted they hadn't done properly so I mean it's all very it's all, it's all very interesting, but uh, and ultimately I think Lord Nimmo Smith has had enough wiggle room to let Rangers go off lightly for what's effectively eleven years of cheating. <laughs> but it well, sounds a harsh word, but I, I don't know. It's, it's the level of cheating is is the question here because they they've broken the rules. That much is clear. They are guilty of breaking the rules. They've been found guilty of that, and they've been fined for it. Well, now, the, the, fact... the only reason I can see that they've still got their titles now is because the SPL rules weren't worth the paper they were written on and didn't automatically make them ineligible like the SPL thought they did. But, but... Which is fair enough, because I mean, if it's, if that's not the first time I've seen uh, somebody get around the rules in Scottish football. I mean, Neil Lennon managed to serve a concurrent ban. <laughs> Despite his behaviour being impeccable, yep. Oh, I, I, I said that. Yeah. 
Well, the, mm. I'm I'm focusing on the word of the. Well, there's no question of dishonesty, individual or corporate, uh, and then it goes on to say that it, the non-disclosure was deliberate. That says to me that they they don't believe that it was uh, cheating and that it was deliberately withheld because they felt that was the right thing to do, not because they wanted to cheat the rules. Well, yeah, that's but me reading a... between the lines. I'm just that's how yeah, I read it. The problem I've got with that is there was a battle later on where it said that no steps were taken to check, even on a hypothetical basis, the validity of that assumption with the SPL or the SFL, SFA. Sorry. Right. So, uh, to me, they've the, the deliberately decided we're not going to disclose this, we're not even going to look into whether it's legal or not, we're just going to do it. So, th- they've taken a conscious decision, it's probably against the rules, but yeah, we'll keep it quiet anyway. Mm-hmm. And now, Neil Lennon was asked about that in the press conference. Yeah, he it? said Celtic were impeccable. I don't know they were. Celtic were yeah. impeccable. <laughs> and then he was he had the wee dig about Rangers and the, the train, and he, he wasn't too happy about it. But I suppose that he's, he was asked a question, pretty much the same question, about three or four times, despite him saying he's not going to say anything. Yeah. I found it bizarre that he said, I've got my own views and I'm going to save it for a later date. Is he? Is it going to be like a, well, maybe he's got a book deal. Maybe he's saving up for that, but I don't know why. Maybe he's waiting until he's out of the Celtic job before he thinks about it. Because at the moment he's in a pretty dangerous position where anything he says is going to be taken apart word by word and put it together again and analysed. And it's, it's, it's always been a goldfish bowl job in the, the like Celtic or Rangers manager. So anything you say at all is going to be ripped apart. You're in fact, right. even even that press conference was was reported by some as uh, oh he was angry at the decision against Rangers. Whereas if you actually watched the press conference, you spent ten minutes trying to field questions. It was eventually getting so repetitive he was getting pissed off at that. Yes. Oh, he was getting angry at the folk asking because he gave yeah. an answer and then they asked the same question again and then they asked a, a very similar question. And yes, yeah. Right, but I'm glad you reminded me about that. Yes, I was going to oh, finish it. Oh, because it's worth talking about. I mean, it's, it's too big an event not to talk about. Oh, it was so. massive. It was massive in Scottish football. I, yeah, it was. Although I'd, I'm not really sure what it would have meant if Rangers were to lose the titles because, well, Rangers fans, I'm sure some of them would still claim they, exactly. they won them. Well, Even uh, now Celtic fans, sorry, I yeah, should say, fine. other fans are saying that Rangers didn't win them fairly despite this ruling. So did it really matter? I don't know. Exactly. I mean, for for a lot of people, that it's now a case of Rangers were found guilty of breaching the rules to win those titles. Now, whether they've been officially stripped of them or not, doesn't matter. As far as everyone's concerned, there's at least an asterisk next to the name now for about five of those SPL titles. Well, no, yeah, there's five, there's still, there's still five asterisks the above the, the badge, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I made that joke myself. <laughs> it just happens, it's five. I mean, that's, I mean I, as you say, the Rangers fans would still have claimed that. Whether they were stripped or not, it was never going to change the fact that the Rangers fans still remember winning them. Mm-hmm. The Celtic fans still remember not winning them. I mean, you could have basically said Rangers completely cheated for 11 years. Here's your 2004-05 title. There you go. Enjoy. And I'd still go, well, I still remember feeling miserable at Fort Park that day. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you wouldn't have liked the 54th minute at Ibrox on Saturday there. There's a bounce well, there. Did, did you actually cheer your 54 titles? There was well, I, I didn't. I, I sat in the posh, but I sat down. But uh, I there was there was lots of people doing the bouncy, cheering the fifty-four titles. It was kind of dying down near the end, but they got there. You know what? It's it's, it's, it's going to be fun the next time. Uh, the, the, the there's a, a title celebration at uh, Ibrox. 
And I mean, a, a proper type of celebration. Time. <laughs> I mean, when you get, March, that, you, get you, of, <laughs> you get to the top division. <laughs> and then we go, is that the first title or is it the 55th? Oh, aye. And then it'll start up again. Yeah. But no, winning, winning the, the fourth tier division is an honour, not a title. As far as I'm concerned. It is an honour. You're right, it's an honour. And there's so many other teams have won that before. Dundee have got a couple of second-tier divisions. I think Man United have got a couple of second-tier divisions in theirs. They don't add it to their 19 top division titles. (laughs) Right. Right. I I think we should go. But uh, Let's wind this up before I go mental. I went went about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Craig's been away out for for a pint. You remember that get there at Fort Park 2005, don't you? Oh, that's a difficult one to forget, Chris. Difficult yeah. one. Hey, what? See, see, be fair. See that equaliser Scott McDonald scores. It's an absolute cracking overhead kick. Um, <laughs> as painful as it was, it was a cracking finish. Right, I'm going to go. But thanks for coming on, and guys, and we'll see you next week. Right, cheers. Right. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Right.